Now, the rules of the road have been promising the first of our features on uh, this and delighted to welcome a good friend of the show, James Dillon, driving instructor based in Adair. Good morning and a happy new year to you. James, how are you? Good, Joe. Good morning and happy new year to everybody listening in. So we thought this might be a good start to the year. Uh, overall, the road fatality statistics, thankfully, were down in 2021, but there were still a lot of deaths and also a lot of injuries. So uh, maybe we can all do with a refresher on the rules of the road. Certainly listeners here have pointed out to me over the last 12 months that I could do with them, um, but that's not the only reason we're doing this. Uh, so you could probably, of course, give me the rules of the road in your sleep, James. Uh, but before we get started uh, on today's specific road topic, if you had to pick one rule of the road as being the most important one, what would it be and why? I suppose, you know, based on, I actually looked at Live 95's Facebook page last night on, on the comments and it seemed that the majority of people were conscious of uh, failures of others in dealing with roundabouts. Okay. So I think that is... For me, it, it's an obvious one, the roundabouts. Right. So why are roundabouts so difficult for so many of us to navigate? OK, well, what we have to look at is um, we have to look at how long the driving test is being conducted in, in this country. Right. And for, for, for a certain length of time, years and years ago, um, you had people who were doing a driving test, passing a driving test, yet there was no roundabouts while they were doing the driving tests. So their knowledge, their basic knowledge of roundabouts, really, it wasn't there because it didn't need to. But as time goes on, well then, um, roundabouts obviously are getting more frequent in, in all our areas, be it in small villages even, uh, as much as large towns and even cities. So nowadays we have updated versions of the rules of the road which thankfully have incorporated which is the most single uh, important rule in terms of roundabouts and that rule is called the 12 o'clock rule we've spoken about this on our show previously well marion for example is saying to us i've had many a ridiculous close call on the parkway roundabout seen excessive amounts of road rage and lately since covid lockdown i feel road rage and impatience has increased dramatically now i will be honest and say the parkway roundabout does scare me um and the grudy roundabout uh, which i think is officially the busiest one in limerick city can also be quite a hazard so on the basis that i can't just scoot onto the roundabout and do whatever i like what do I do on approach? Okay, so on approach to roundabouts, the County Council and the National Roads Authority have given us um, large, large signs that we have to keep an eye on. So these signs show us the like a little layout, a map of the roundabout, physically roundabout ahead to where we're about to go at. Now that particular map, that little diagram, is. Um, a very important diagram because we should look at that like as if we look at the face of a clock. If our intention is to take any exit up to and including 12 o'clock exit, well then the left lane is the lane we should approach to the roundabout on. Okay? If we were taking uh, a road that is after 12 o'clock, well, then we should approach with a right indicator and we should acquire the right-hand lane position. 
So what happens if I'm approaching the roundabout and uh, it's not the first exit I want to take, it's the next exit just before 12 o'clock? When do I indicate? So if you have an exit, um, as you said, it's the second exit you wish to take and the second exit happens to be either 12 o'clock or before 12 o'clock, then you approach in the left lane with no indicator. When you pass the first exit, then you indicate left to say, I am now leaving the roundabout at the next exit. Okay, so that tells people that you didn't go for the first one. If you were going for the first exit, you would indicate left going into the roundabout and stay in the left lane. But let's say then you are approaching and you know you're going beyond 12 o'clock and you take the right lane... Um, and go in, do you have to indicate twice then? No. So if you're taking an exit that is after 12 o'clock, we indicate right on approach, we leave the indicator on, we proceed on to the the roundabout, to the inner lane of the roundabout, and we change from a right indicator to a left indicator once we pass the exit before the one we want to take. So we're always indicating left to leave a roundabout. Now, the 12 o'clock rule, Joe, is a very, very simple rule to to comprehend. But we also have to look at when the councils um, put road markings on on the actual, on the road on approach to the roundabout, well, then we must... Um, follow the road markings. So the 12 o'clock rule applies where there are no arrows uh, painted on the ground. If there are arrows painted on the ground, we follow the arrows accordingly. Well, uh, Yes, because obviously if you've got two lanes going around, then one of the worries is that if you are um, on the outside lane and you decide to take a particular exit, and the one inside you is taking the same exit, could one cut across the other, you know, if if someone isn't paying attention? Well, my advice to anybody in terms of roundabouts would be you should never drive beside somebody on a roundabout. You should try to stagger it. Right. Because if you stagger it, well, then there's obviously space for you in front of the person who would be behind you or space in, uh, to the side of you. Yeah, but the only thing is, as you know, on some of the busy roundabouts at peak times, I mean, for example, the Parkway roundabout, doesn't it have a yellow box in the middle of it? Yeah, so the yellow box junction is is another uh, bone of contention with, with most people. The simple rule in terms of the yellow box is we can't stop on it. That's the simple rule. But in terms of a yellow box on a roundabout, um, we actually should never, we actually don't really need a yellow box on a roundabout because even in Newcastle West, for example, at the roundabout near Tesco's, there, um, um, we have a situation at certain times where our exit road heading for Kerry, that's always back, backed up. So when you enter, when you approach the roundabout um, and you see this clear and you proceed out onto the roundabout, well, what you have is a problem in terms of you can't exit the roundabout. So the main thing is when you do have to stop on a roundabout because your exit is blocked, don't block the junction that's to your left. 
keep the junction open. And that's a standard feature that we should always be doing anyway. Right. Never stop or block a junction. Yeah, but the other thing is, the way that some people accelerate into a roundabout fascinates me. Um, yeah. So it seems to be, well, I'm going to get onto this roundabout. I may or may not indicate one direction or the other, but I'll go at such speed that I will force everyone else on the roundabout to make way for me, which is fine until somebody can't. Yeah. Look, to be honest with you, the secret to roundabouts, the whole purpose of roundabouts would be to keep the flow moving, right? So my advice to people would be slow on approach, Observe well to the right to see what's coming at you from the right. Once you're slow enough, you'll be able to calculate that it's safe to continue and then continue at a slow pace around roundabout, signaling left, obviously, then to leave the roundabout at the same slow pace. But when you've exited the roundabout and you have gone beyond, which is obviously another feature, zebra crossings on exit at some roundabouts in Limerick, once you've passed those, well, then accelerate. Don't accelerate coming up to a junction. That's the last thing you ever want to do. And what is your view on the distance from roundabouts in Limerick of these pedestrian crossings? Yeah, we've spoke about this on our show and on the show before, Joe. Um, in my opinion, I think the zebra crossings could be a little further away from the roundabouts than they currently are. They're approximately, um, I'd say, about 10, 10 to 15 yards um, away from the the, uh, the, round, the exit of roundabouts. And to be honest, it's it's a little bit close. Um, I think well, actually, my the, heart is in my mouth. I have to say, when you're approaching yeah. that, because obviously the rule is, if someone steps on the pedestrian roundabout or on the pedestrian crossing, which are speed ramps as well in a lot of cases, uh, yeah. you have to stop. Um, yeah. So you're just coming off a roundabout. That happens, or a cyclist comes across, and maybe if they're cycling, they're at a, a faster pace again. You you put the brake on because you have to, and bang, someone's in the back of you because yeah. the roundabout yeah. is yeah. very close. Yeah. And then you're and, holding up traffic all over the shop. Yeah, and 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 you 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 really touched on it there, Joe. Um, two things in what you said there, right? Number one, you shouldn't just stop when somebody steps on it. You should be preparing to stop prior to them stepping onto it. So you, you're, you're, well, you are the driver. That, the difficulty Sorry? with that, James, is it is very difficult to know these days, you know, in wintertime especially, but even during the summer, is somebody walking alongside the pedestrian crossing and going past it? on the yeah. pavement, are yeah. they prepared to stop? What pace are they coming at? And if the roundabout is close to the pedestrian crossing in question, the time to observe, decide, slow down with someone right up your rear end as well and do the right thing, is it, it is tricky stuff now. Yeah, so if you go back to what I said, when I said to you, um, exit the roundabout at a continued slow pace, Right. If you exit a roundabout at a fast pace, well, then if you have to, if you have to stop at a zebra crossing, well, then you're stopping at a fast pace, which means you're actually basically uh, allowing the faster car now that's behind you to hope that they're going to also be able to stop. So your job is to nearly control the power and pace of those behind you. It is difficult, but it's a major part of advanced driving in terms of you must try to control the danger 
for yourself right. from the cars behind. Well, well look, we, we are going to talk maybe a bit more in more detail next week on zebra crossings and all the various aspects uh, around them and what the exact rules of the road uh, relate to them are in the second part of our uh, feature. But uh, a listener is asking... I'm still waiting on the RSA to get back to me as of yet three weeks later, still no reply. I have a seven-seat car. We have no young kids and kids' chairs, etc. So I want to take out all my rear seats and fit a timber floor. I've asked the NCT what will happen with the NCT and the car if I go ahead. And they say it will fail, even though I have the tester's manual that gives no mention of missing seats. So I asked the experts in the RSA and they did not know. They said they would look into it and get back to me. They did neither because they don't know. All seats are removable from factories so why can't I leave them out for my NCT is my question Okay it is it's a very very detailed question but and we don't have a huge amount of time so, so keep, okay. it, keep it simple so, now Very very briefly so in my opinion the NCT would have issues with that person um, in terms of her car failing the driving test because number one because it's seven seater the two back seats that she is now going to take out and replace by a timber floor, right, the NCT have to be able to check all safety belts in all seats in all cars to, to, to make sure that they're in working order in the event that that lady decides, well, today I want a floorboard, tomorrow I don't, so I'm going to take it out. So their job as an NCT people is to, che- to test the actual... Um, the, the safety element of the safety belts. Now, the other, the other little thing, very quickly on that, show is I think that lady shouldn't even wait for the RSA. I think she should really contact her own insurance company because if she is changing and adapting her seven-seater as it is seen on the insurance uh, or on her owner's manual as a seven-seater, if she's adapting that to make it now a five-seater and not a seven-seater, well, I think she should touch base with the insurance company to make sure that her insurance policy will actually remain valid on the basis that she's adapting it. Right. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for that. That's uh, episode one of our Rules of the Road series uh, with driving instructor based in Adair, James Dillon. If you have questions for James, get them into us, WhatsApp or text 086-123-9595 or indeed you can email limericktoday at live95.ie and some of the questions that we've already got in, uh, we will put uh, as well uh, to James next week and he will talk a bit more about zebra crossings and the rules of the road uh, around those. James, thank you very much. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nett.